In our first reading taken from Isaiah chapter 7, Ahaz, who is not a faithful Jew, wants to appear to be humble. Oh, I cannot ask God for a sign. I do not want to tempt him. And Isaiah, who is a mouthpiece for God, a prophet, says to him, basically, Hear then, O house of Israel, is it too much for that you weary men, but also that you weary God? He corrects him. But in the midst of his, basically, he's not being transparent. He's trying to appear what he's not. Because his heart is not founded on Yahweh. He still says, well, God's going to give you a sign. And that's when he gives that beautiful what we're now awaiting, that a young woman, in the Hebrew it's almach, it's not virgin, in the Greek it's parthenos, virgin, will conceive and bear a son. And that's already where the, you might say, the light of the incarnation is beginning to be seen. Of course, he has no clue because Ahaz is not a man of Yahweh. His life is not to please Yahweh. But even to a man that's not open, God still sends graces upon him. God reaches out to anyone, whether they be the farthest away, he's reaching out. Sometimes it might be with something of their conscience, they feel uneasy, and they begin to feel uneasy. God, in this case, was correcting through Isaiah his lack of transparency. What he said was not what he meant. So God still is reaching out to Isaiah. That sounds similar to the a nativity scene in Bethlehem. From the wood of the cross, meaning the wood of the manger, he's reaching out to sinners because the first ones that he invited to the baby shower, call it that, were those that were involved in the black arts, those that were uh, the magi, they were not known to be holy people. And then the shepherds were known to be thieves. In fact, they believed that if a thief, if a shepherd was the only witness to a crime, they didn't even listen to his testimony. So God invites from the wood of the, of the manger to the wood of the cross, us who need him and need him badly. Now we go to the beautiful gospel where the angel Gabriel is sent and already he's beginning to speak the mystery of who is this young woman. She's not any young woman. First thing, he calls her a term that is only used for a queen. The greeting, hail, in the haide in the Greek. So, so, the subject, someone inferior, an archangel, is looking up to Mary, who's so, way superior. And he says to her, indirectly, you're my queen. You're superior to me. Now Mary, in her humility, she's overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed. And she says, how can this be? It is important that you and I be overwhelmed. 
You will be overwhelmed. I will be overwhelmed. But we have to choose by what? Will it be overwhelmed by God's action or will it be overwhelmed by persons, places, things, COVID? But, the, but we will be overwhelmed in life because we're very fragile. So, but it's your choice and my choice by what am I allowed? What will I allow myself to be overwhelmed by? God, we have a need. It's in our DNA to be overwhelmed by God. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11, that God has put into our human heart the idea of the infinite. In other words, you and I have a need to be overwhelmed. It's in our heart by the infinite. Hollywood even knows this. They invent these movies they call superheroes. That someone finally comes to the rescue, is stronger than what we're facing, be Batman, Superman, or whatever the man. But that shows that deep in our DNA, there's a need to be overwhelmed by someone that's much greater. But the sad thing is, those are all illusions. They don't exist. Batman doesn't exist. Superman doesn't exist. Spider-Man doesn't exist. But the reality is God. Now, how do you and I get overwhelmed? We have to go to be next to, often, as often as possible, next to the only one that can overwhelm us. And he will know, he knows you and I have a need to be overwhelmed by heaven's action. Our lady is overwhelmed. So then a word is spoken, and I'll finish right now. Boy, I wish I could do a whole Bible study on this. There's so much good stuff. This is delicious. <laughs> that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and it will overshadow you. In the Greek, there's only two places in the Bible it's a Greek word. It's called episkese. And it's already hinting that Mary is in the New Testament what the Ark of the Covenant was in the Old Testament. Because in the Ark of the Covenant, Exodus chapter 34, God's glory cloud, the Shekinah of God, came upon the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was the holiest place for Israel. It contained the 12 loaves, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, the staff of Aaron, his priesthood, and the Ten Commandments. But now Mary, who is the new Ark of the Covenant, the fulfillment of that, she contains the Word made flesh. So that, of course, for her little humble heart, a 13, 14-year-old little girl, my gosh, must have been, somehow was touching deep inside, and it moves her to say the word that I love that I try to say, whenever something happens, everything that happens, fiat. Let it be done unto me. Fiat unleashes God's grace. When we say fiat, God's hands are no longer tied, and we give him permission to tsunami us, to face life, to overwhelm us. The longer it takes to say yes to what God's allowing, especially those things that we don't like, we don't understand, we would have never chosen, the more we keep God's hands tied, he will not bully himself. Something incredible about God. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. But he's so gentle, he acts when we don't even experience or feel him. The important thing is God's acting, and he wants to do something wonderful in us. That is humanly impossible.
wants to do something wonderful in us that is only possible with God Almighty. Please stand.